This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Celebrate the holidays at Hale Varsity Club with an exciting lineup of holiday-themed events like Ugly Christmas Sweater Karaoke and Holiday Music Bingo, plus happy hour all day on New Year's Eve during college football bowl games. Hale Varsity Club has something for everybody. Stop in this month to try our new menu items like the Nashville Hot Honey Chicken, Crispy Breaded Wings, and the Benning Burger. It's a spicy burger named after Damon Benning. Visit HaleVarsityClub.com for the full event calendar and make a reservation now. The best food in the world isn't on your typical delivery apps. It's right down the street in your very own neighborhood. With Chef, you can enjoy authentic dishes from over 90 different countries, freshly prepared by your local neighbors and delivered right to your door. With over 1 million dishes served, your local cooks spend hours preparing your meals with care plus attention you won't find anywhere else. Explore a world of flavor today at Chef.com. That's Chef with an S dot com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Hot Off the Mess, a podcast brought to you by The Dip. I am your host, Samantha Bush, and it is Bravo Friday, so you know what that means. We are obviously going to be breaking down the news of whatever the fuck has been going on with our favorite shows in the Bravo Cinematic Universe, you know, just the whole thing. Before we get into all of that, I just want to say thank you to everyone who shopped the Bravo Historian slash Take Your Soul Off merch store, and I also want... Guys... We got to come up with a new word other than merch. I can't fucking take it. I feel like such an asshole saying merch. Like I sound like just a, I mean, no shade kind of shade to YouTubers who are like, shop my merch. Like I feel like such a fucking douche. I mean, I don't know what else to call it at this point. We got to think of something. If you have any ideas, let me know. We got to, we got to figure this out. But I don't think I can express the way that I feel about everybody who's like supported me the last three years since I started my Instagram account. And like, I started it on such like a whim. I didn't really know what I was getting into. I just was like, I want to post about Bravo. And there weren't a lot of Bravo accounts out at the time. Like there was like Danny Pellegrino, there was two judgy girls, like there was a few here and there, but like, it wasn't, it wasn't, there wasn't that much going on. And I, um, started it and I had no idea like what it would grow into. I didn't really uh, truthfully have an, I, I didn't really expect it to grow. Like, and I still kind of forget how many people like watch my Instagram stories because I feel like I still post as if only five people are watching, um, which sometimes gets me into trouble at what totally understandable, <laughs> you know, cause I'm just out here just I don't even know sometimes what I'm saying or posting or talking about. Sometimes it's not even Bravo related. Sometimes it's just like 
you know, about Khloe Kardashian, how, you know, the Kardashians are shrinking their shrinking their BBLs. And I just want to say that I'm not body shaming anyone, but it was out of control for a while there. And everybody, I think, can attest to that. So it's like, stop it. So when I started my account, like I was working in like a dental office, like I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. I was just like doing this for fun. And then now it's like my career. And I really like I can't express to you how much like you really changed my life. Like I know I keep repeating myself, but it's just very, very true because um, now I get to talk about everything that I love every single day. And I, you know, there is the moment sometimes where you're like, where you take the weekend where you're like, I can't do this right now. Like I, I can't talk about Heather Dubrow. I can't talk about Teresa Giudice. Like I have to take a break. And like, of course, but overall, like I do, I am very, very thankful. And so I just wanted to say thank you to everybody. The shop will be open. I wanted to do kind of like a soft launch because I just wasn't sure like how the website was going to go. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just wasn't sure how the process was going to go or if anybody would even care. So I just wanted, so this launch is for 10 days. So you can shop it till January 22nd. I will, I mean, it's doing well. So, and I'm getting a lot of great feedback. So I definitely like will open it up again, but maybe just with different things. I have a lot more that I've like kind of just reserved. I did just only a few things this time. So that's that. If I sound a little winded, I am, I have been feeling like under the weather this week. Uh, That's why there wasn't a new episode on Tuesday, but you got to listen to Allison over on Pop Chaser, who's always hilarious, always so funny. She will be helping me recap Summer House that's coming up on Monday. So look out for that episode. And oh, by the way, we also have like really fun guests coming up. I mean, I don't have like exact days nailed down for these people, but it's it's looking it's looking good. So I'm really, really excited. So anyways, enough of talking about this nonsense. Let's get into the Bravo news of the week. So Nicole Martin from Real Houses of Miami and her partner, Anthony Lopez, are engaged, which is a really big deal because she's made it very clear on the show that she's not an advocate for marriage necessarily. Like, she's not against it. She's like, we're just really happy. And like, I I think it's more, per. I don't know her personally, but from what I'm gathering, I think she's just scared because of like her relationship with her dad, which we'll get into because there was a new episode of Miami out, which... Miami is my favorite show on TV right now. So it's mainly what I'm going to be talking about. Vicky Gumbelson, our girl Vic, is hosting a breakup party at a Las Vegas male strip club in basically the wake of Steve Lodge becoming engaged to his like 36-year-old now fiance. According to Vicky, he moved out in September as we've discussed, it's just messy, but good for Vic for getting her coins for hosting this breakup party at a, at a strip club. I hope Tamar goes. I would love to see them together because they're they're a good time. I'm rewatching. I love to rewatch Old Housewives episodes, and I'm rewatching uh, season 10 right now of Orange County because that's the Brooks Cancer season. That's also David and Shannon are, you know, like she just found out about the affair and like it's just a it's really good. It's really, really good. Megan King, I I understand people's love for her because she did kind of what's the word? She did kind of like discover that Brooks 
basically was faking cancer. But she's fucking annoying. I never really fully realized how annoying she was on the show. Like, I didn't really get what people were talking about when they said that they didn't really like her. I was like, what do you mean? Like, she's so great. She's so young and fun. And uh, I don't know what's going on with me in this rewatch. I don't know if something's happening. But I was like, not I'm not feeling her at all. I find her to be very irritating. And I don't I don't know why. I got to look into that because I don't know why. The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City reunion was filmed last week, and Mary Cosby was not in attendance. Uh, There were rumors going around that she wasn't going to go or that she wasn't there, and then finally it was addressed that she was not at the reunion. And I'm not shocked by that, but I think it's annoying when a housewife doesn't show up to reunion, like Lisa Vanderpump, Adrian Maloof, like, grow the fuck up, show up. The fact that, I'm sorry, but I know Erica Jane is like, on everyone's shit list, but at least the woman showed up. She didn't have to. Jen Shaw showed up. She didn't have to. Jen Shaw's like being, you know, criminally charged with something. So it's just like, it's lame, but I also don't know like what she really would give us clarity on. She's, she's really losing me. I get that she's funny sometimes, like has her quirky moments, but like I said, she does remind me of Kim Richards in the sense of like, there's something going on and it's not, it's just not fun to like watch that, you know, like it'd be different if she was like addressing issues and, you know, working through things, but she's not. So I just good riddance. Cause I don't think she'll be back. It's official. Carl and Lindsay of summer house are dating and they finally came out and fucking said something. We have been for months. Basically, like, are they, are they, are they? I don't think anyone was like, they're not. They did a couple's costume, Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing. Sexy Halloween. You're not doing that with a bestie. No, 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 no. So once I saw their Halloween costume with that little pose, that photo they did, I was like, they're together. And I'm honestly... I'm happy that they're together. I wasn't sure. I've kind of gone back and forth on it. I'm like, I don't know. Am I happy that they're, I don't, you know, but I feel like he's done so much growth. And I think Lindsay has a really good heart. I think she's a good person. I think she's obviously got her things. I mean, we all do, but I I also think I relate to Lindsay a lot, which is probably a little scary. But I do, especially last season with the whole Steven situation. I was like, fuck, I am Lindsay. I'm Lindsay. And I think he just like knows everything about her and just accepts her for who she is. He knows what triggers her. He knows what sets her off, but he knows how to calm her down. He knows when to approach her to talk about things. Like, and I really love that about their friendship. So I'm glad that they're finally together and happy. And I'm glad that they finally announced it so everyone can kind of shut the fuck up about it, including myself. So on this past episode of Portia Family Matters, it was coming off of a very, very heavy episode last week with the altercation between like basically everybody where Portia was essentially wielding a boom mic at her family. And that was a lot. So we're coming off the heels of that. And I have to tip my hat to production over at Bravo TV HQ because they 
pretty much outed Portia for trying to control the narrative on this show. When I saw the words flashing across my screen, Portia had texted her family and told them not to talk about the altercation or the incident. I was like, whoa. That just affirms everything that I had always thought to be true about her on Real Housewives of Atlanta. And I like Portia. I think she's funny, bubbly. I love what she did for Black Lives Matter. I like I get all of that. But there's a part of me that feels like she's so inauthentic and just not real. Like I said, like she's inauthentic. She's not real. And I mean, the producer on the show, you see him step out and he is and he's talking to the family because they're at this like meditation healing you know, place. And he's like, this is weird. You guys are not talking about what's going on. And I don't understand why this just happened last night. And no one is talking about the fact that Portia was telling, you know, Dennis, I want to lock you up in a Mexican jail. You know, Dennis and his mom, Mama Gina, and the girl that came to fly in, they flew and they're in Cancun now. Like none of it was being discussed. And I just have to like, for for Bravo, who this is like the Bravo queen right now is Portia. For them to basically be like, she was trying to control everything and we're not going to let that happen. Because what women need to understand about Real Housewives, basically what housewives need to understand about housewives, actually, not women, the housewives. I'm not talking to like the general public here. I need them to understand that like you're not bigger than the show, even if it's your own show. Okay, let that sit with you for a second. You're not bigger than the show, period. Nini Leakes, for example, my number one housewife of all time, okay? She thought that she was the show. And Bravo's going to quickly let you know that you're not. They're going to be like, okay, we don't need you. And guess what? The show must go on. And it did, and it does, and it does well. Same with LVP. Like, you think that you can control all of this and try to get, you know, do shit behind the scenes and it, nothing is going to happen to you? Guess what? It, it's going to happen. Um, I mean, even Heather Dubrow back in what was that season 11 with Kelly Dodd. I mean, I fucking hate Kelly Dodd. Don't get me wrong. But that scene where like she was basically exposed for cussing everyone the fuck out and losing her mind at that sushi house, sushi restaurant or whatever. It was like shocking because you're just like, oh, my God, like what is going on? And like when you start to do shit like that, you lose you lose the audience. Jill Zarin, perfect example. Like so I so Portia, the fact that this is her own show and it's making her come across terrible. I'm like, I'm like, whoa, girl, you've really fucked up because she quit her serious radio show. She quit Real Houses of Atlanta. She's, you know, supposedly engaged the Simon person her show is like making everyone, even hardcore Portia fans, kind of shift and turn a little bit on her. I mean, she was posting stuff on Instagram, had to take it down because so many people were like, what the fuck were you doing? Like, you're, you know, you were being so crazy and people were just, people are turning. People are turning. Okay. Let's, Ruby, what are you doing? Ruby's got gotten kind of like she's super cute, but sometimes she looks kind of funny because her head is so fucking big and her ears are so small now. Like she looks kind of silly. 
Real Housewives of Miami. So we left off last week in Miami with that the most intense, real, raw scene I've ever seen on Housewives. Ever. And I've seen Vicky cry over her mother's death at a bunco party in a craft room on a home phone. I was truly at that scene between Peter, Todd, and Alexia. I couldn't, I couldn't even believe it. It was so raw and like there were so many emotions. And I know people had their opinions on Todd and the way that he was speaking to them. But I just have to say, I don't think anyone was wrong in this situation. Okay. I don't think Alexi is wrong. Peter is wrong. I mean, I think Peter has issues for sure. As we, you know, the news came out that he was arrested or um, charged with domestic violence assault against his girlfriend. But we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about this. And Todd, I think, was right as well, where they're all coming at it from such a different place. But the place is all rooted in, like, love and care for Frankie. That's it. So I get where Todd's coming from. I can't imagine, because he loves Alexia so much, it's very clear. And I think that they have a really good relationship, actually. If you've watched Cocaine Cowboys, this woman's been through it. Woo, girl. Alexia is an icon. The life that this woman has lived. I need a movie. I need a tell-all book immediately. Anyways, Todd you know, sees Frankie, who's, you know, has his disability after being in the accident. It totally changed everyone's life. He sees Frankie being having to be revived by paramedics because he his brother gave him too much weed to smoke. Now, the I'm don't know this for facts. For sure. But I feel like This isn't the first time something like that has probably happened where maybe Todd doesn't agree with the way Peter lives his life, with the way Peter is with Frankie. I don't know. But he's probably like a little uncomfortable because Peter is like living in Miami. He's, you know, going out all the time. He's partying and he he wants Frankie to be there with him. But Frankie has like his, you know, limitations. He does. And I think that that's okay to say. And I think Frank or what Todd was trying to say was like, let's do other things with Frankie. Like, let's get him out there playing basketball or like doing this or doing that. Like, why do you have to party with Frankie? It just doesn't make sense. And I understand. And then, oh, my God, that scene, that moment when Frankie was like comforting Alexia when he heard them talking about him, I was like, Oh my God, fucking chills all over my body. I was crying the whole scene. It was so passionate. And like, there were so many emotions and Todd telling them like, you guys need help. Like you guys need help. They do. They, they need therapy because what, what they all have gone through since Frankie's accident is a lot for anyone. And I think that that's all Todd was trying to say. I think his delivery was shit. Absolute garbage. And he made an Instagram comment, I think, you know, explaining this. And he acknowledged, I mean, even in the moment he acknowledged, he's like, my delivery was terrible. I came off like way too harsh, but I think he's probably frustrated. And he did tell, uh, or he did say in the post that 
Frankie wasn't there the whole time. I know it lo- he's like, I know it looked like that, but they really just brought him in at the end of the scene. Like he wasn't there watching all of this the entire time. So that kind of made me feel a little bit better. But then, of course, then you see the hurt and the softness in Peter when he's talking about what he had gone through with his brother. And it's so it like makes your heart hurt because it's like he they he loves him so much. And I mean, obviously, Alexia, too. She just is. It's just a lot. It was a lot. So to come back from that and having her like recap that with Marisol, who I I love their friendship so much. I love you guys. If you don't, if you haven't caught on, I'm obsessed with Real Hustles of Miami. It's all I want to talk about. It's so shiny and shimmery and rich and full of like all of these really cool, beautiful, dynamic women with like complicated backstories and lives. And I'm just like, I can't get enough of it. I can't. So when she goes into Marisol... And they explain. And Marisol said she's like, Peter has a soft heart. And I'm like, he really does. Now, do I think Peter has problems? Yes, I do. You know, yeah. Um, But I felt for her. And of course, you know, Alexia's got everything going on with her mom. You know, the wedding is in four weeks. Like, she's just got a lot on her plate. And she's like, you know, I want to make this marriage happen. I want the wedding to happen. Todd is the love of my life. It's just a lot. It's a lot. I have to say, I've said it before, actually, but Lisa surprises me every episode because I catch myself making all these assumptions about her and who she is as a person. And like, that's really not nice of me (laughs) to do that. But she always shocks me because she's like so nice. She has like such a nice way about her. And I think she's a good person. And I think like, I think she's married to someone who fucking sucks. Like, I just think Lenny fucking sucks. I'm just going to say it. I don't think he deserves Lisa. I think she should divorce him, take half of her what's hers and just get the fuck out of there. Like, but I think she's more old school than you might imagine and doesn't want to divorce But, like, this idea that her husband just thinks she doesn't do anything all day, it's like, I fucking hate that. I hate when men just assume because their wives stay home that, like, they just, like, eat bonbons all day. And it's like, she's a mother of two little kids. She's work. She's she's figuring things out. It's just like, ugh. And I feel like I get the impression from Lenny that he probably doesn't want his wife to work. He's probably one of those men that doesn't want his wife to work, but then has an affair with like, you know, a high powered like attorney. You know what I'm saying? Do you get what I mean? It's like, I I feel like he he has like the, these double standards and these double. I don't know. I just don't like him. He gives me the creeps, the boob God or whatever the fuck he calls himself. I don't know. I don't like it. He seems very checked out as well. They don't seem very like happy. And I feel like Nicole might have like a nice man friend for her. You know, I feel like Nicole has a good judge of character. Her husband or her now fiance seems like a great guy. Seems like a good guy. And he has a pilot's license. He jet sets all over the place. I think it's fun. I think it's I think it's different. Like we don't get this on any other show. Like these type of women, like these type of women with their energy and their lives, like with the backdrop of Miami and also Peacock's production is values like fucking killing it. It just like looks amazing. Every like I that scene where 
Lisa and Nicole were having drinks. Like, the, I took a screenshot because they looked stunning. Like, the lighting, the way the glasses look. Like, every, everything is just so beautiful. And then Lisa has a, like, slumber party at the biggest penthouse in the United States. It's $50,000 a night. I'm going to repeat that. $50,000 a night for this sleepover. And that's not including, like, the food, the pajamas that she bought for everybody. Like, this woman's spending a pretty penny. And I say, keep spending his money, girl. If you're going to be married to Lenny and he's giving that kind of personality, you can spend as much money as you want. I don't give a fuck. If you want to stay there for six nights in a row, spend a bitch. For real. And... I like when all the women are like forced to be under one roof. I think you guys know that. I love when they go on vacations. I love that's why I love girls trips so much because it forced them all to just be together the entire time because it it forces them to interact and have these conversations and dynamics. Speaking of dynamic, Adriana and Julia. I don't think Julia, like Julia is invested in Adriana as like a really good friend, sister. Like, I feel like they might be soulmates, but not in like a romantic way. I don't think Adriana is like aware of that. I think she mistakes Julia's like flirtation as love. Where I do think Julia loves Adriana as like a person in her life. I don't think she's like in love with her. And because the way Adriana gets like upset when Julia like flirts with the other women and, you know, does the whole thing with the nuts in the mouth or the almonds or whatever. I was like, why are you upset? And I know people love Adriana and I appreciate what she brings to the show, but I don't I didn't really love her this episode. She comes off a little it's a little weird for me. Because it's like, she's, this woman's married and she loves Martina. That's like, that's her fucking twin flame. Like, that is the woman she's supposed to be with. And I think Julia made a really good point. She's like, I think I bring this side out of the women, this like free side. I liked that Julia kind of talked about that. I thought that that was really interesting because I think it's probably true. I think they see her be so free and sexual and flirty and they're like, it it makes them more comfortable with that. And I, I like that a lot. Then Gertie, really quick, I have to talk about Gertie's husband. I've been seeing online that people find Gertie's husband to be attractive, and I need to I need to talk to all of you. I need to have a heart-to-heart. We need to have a come-to-Jesus. We need to have a, a fucking powwow, because what are you guys talking about? I understand people say that they're attracted to a Harry Dubin. I get it. Like, he's got charisma. He's got money. He's got <sighs> passion. Like there's something to Harry Dubin. And you're just like, yes, I kind of get it. It's disgusting. Like you would feel terrible about yourself after, but also you would probably have the best night of your life. You know, like I feel like Harry Dubin is the kind of guy that would like make you squirt. <laughs> like, You know what I mean? Like I just feel like that is Harry Dubin. Or I mean, think like, let me think of someone else. Um, who else is disgusting but hot? I don't know. I can't think off the top of my head right now. <laughs> Gertie's husband is the most boring person I've ever had to see on my TV. 
And I don't think he's sexy. I don't think he's hot. I'm upset that Gertie stayed in fucking Florida with this man for her high school sweetheart instead of going to NYU. And I get that he might not be comfortable in front of the camera, so I'm going to cut him a little bit of slack, but I don't think that man has any sort of sexual bone in his body. Like, I'm just not feeling it. I don't feel their chemistry. And I think when you're with someone like Gertie, who's so like lives out loud and she's very talkative and she's very quick and she's very fast. I can't imagine being in a relationship with someone who's not like that. Like one of my criteria for men that I want to be in a relationship with, they, oh my God, my, my animals are fighting. They're like, she's so pissed. Excuse me, girls. Stop fighting. Uh, Anyways. Is the man that I want to be with, ultimately, he has to be a talker. I have to be with a man that's talkative. I don't need you to be, like, the funniest man in the room. I don't need you to, like, be a stand-up comedian. I don't need that. I want someone who's, like, quick-witted, funny, like, you know, can hold a conversation. If he had to be on camera, he could, like, you know, dig deep and like get in there. I don't want like a fame hungry little monster. I just want a man that can hold a conversation. This guy said four words to her last episode. Four. Every time they're around each other, it's like they've never met. It's like she's talking for herself. I feel like she's really talking for herself. I actually had this conversation with Chris Lewis the other day because I said, I was like, I think a man that I go out with, oh my God, Barb is really on a different level today. Now she's trying to climb into my purse. Okay. I was telling Chris Lewis the other day that I think men that I go out with think I like them more than I really do because I'm so talkative. If I find a silence in the conversation, I will fill it, especially on like a first or second date, because at the end of the day, I'm not going to have a bad time. I will force myself to have a good time with myself. You're just merely there at this point. So I think men think I like them more than I do because I'm like bubbly or like talkative and I seem engaged. Sir, I, I'm not. I, I fucking promise you I'm not that interested. It's really, it's bad. And Chris is like, you need to be more honest. And like, if you don't like someone, like you don't have to fill every sentence. I'm like, Chris, I, I physically, I would, that makes me want to die. Like right now my palms are sweaty thinking about that. So anyways, I need to be with a talker. I think Gertie, I think I give them three years tops. I don't, I don't see this one lasting. I know that they've been together for a million years, but once you get a spotlight on you and you get like the, the bigger, like a magnifying glass to your relationship, just kind of starts falling apart as we've seen on Housewives. You come in hot, like your marriage is amazing. He's your soulmate. I think you doth protest too much. So anyways. Gertie has to break it to Alexia that the venue, it's not happening. The wedding venue is not happening. I don't think Gertie should have done this at this party, but I get it. She had to do it somehow. It's, you know, I don't know if I would want my friend to plan my wedding. I know that Gertie's the party planner and I'm sure she's really great at her job, but it's like working with family. Like, it's just, I don't know. I just, it really, it never ends well. Never ends well. And so Alexia is obviously devastated. Poor Alexia. She just can't catch a fucking break. Poor woman. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with that wedding. It doesn't seem like it's happening in four weeks. As we know, because it just happened in December. 
So we know the wedding doesn't happen. And then we meet a we meet an interesting character this episode. We meet Nicole's dad. We've heard a lot about him. We know that he went to prison for like 15 years. He has a you know, a younger, he hangs out with, you know, 25-year-old women. He's 60. He's just kind of a playboy, party animal, like kind of came out of prison and doesn't give a fuck. Like that's kind of the vibe that she's giving us. Well, this man waltzes in with two bouquets of big red roses. He looks like he's in Top Gun. He is quite a character. And she's like, you can see just the pure devastation and heartbreak on her face when she sees him. Because she's like, you're drunk right now. And that and she just wants like a normal relationship with her dad and he he's not capable of that they're just not they're not on the same page and i think she is probably coming from a place where she's like why do i as the child have to be so understanding of this man who's caused me so much pain and hurt and he shows up to this fucking lunch shit-faced now telling me that he has other children like what and every time she talks about him in confessionals, she's on the verge of fucking tears every time. And it just devastates me because I love her. I know people are like, why is she on the show? I think she's a great addition. I think she's like the a, a normal woman, great job, doctor, you know, works her ass off, is a good mom. She has the cutest kid. She's I, I'm obsessed with her. She's very inspirational to me. And. So every time she talks about him, she's so devastated. Like, and so she's like, I don't even know what he's talking about right now. Having other kids. Is he saying this to hurt me? Is he saying it because he's drunk or is it true? Like what is going on? And then it kind of says to be continued and that's it. Like, are you kidding? Are you kidding me? To be continued? I need, I need more of this man. I need more of this, this crazy man. I do. I can't get enough. You lead a busy life. The last thing you have time for is shopping, prepping, and cooking a healthy homemade meal. With Chef, enjoy authentic meals freshly prepared by the best local cooks in your community and delivered to your door. No prepping, no cooking, no subscription necessary. It's one less thing to worry about after a long day without sacrificing the quality of a homemade meal. Schedule your meals with a local cook at Chef.com. That's Chef with an S dot com. I want to talk about Real Houses of Salt Lake City. (sighs) This show is... (laughs) This show is insane. If you really think about it, everything that has gone on in the past however many episodes, what, 11 episodes, 12 episodes, I don't know anymore, and you process it all, what are we watching? I love it. But really, though, what exactly am I laying my eyes upon? I saw a man motorboat and lick the nipples of a boot cake in front of his wife, in front of a whole party of people. Oh, gaggle. I watched... Jen Shaw paint on a poster board with her husband as a couples therapy exercise. I don't know what 
that exercise was supposed to do. When they, when she sat him down and said, we're going to paint what we think of each other or something, I thought it was going to be like a portrait. I was really confused when they started, when it started looking like those boards that used to decorate for like football games in high school. I was very confused. I don't understand. I can't make heads or tails of the show. I don't know where it starts. I don't know where it ends. I don't know where we are in the in-between. But I love it. And I need to say something. And it's really, really hard for me to say this. It really is. Meredith is the fucking worst. And I was a Meredith stan last year. Loved her. Loved the pantsuits. Loved the hair. Loved the lashes. Loved the disengaging. Like, she was the perfect calmness, real one rooted in reality. Last year, I don't know what has happened, but I can't stand her. I I get so frustrated when I have to watch her on my screen because she seems so tapped out. Like she just, I like, I don't think she realizes she's on this show anymore she just doesn't seem, I'm going to use her words, engaged in anything that's going on around her at any given time. Like she she lives her life disassociating. And I am like, what is happening? Your husband, when you can put a fucking montage together of your husband talking about another woman's breasts, I'd be fucking out of there. I would lose my goddamn mind if my husband, who I don't have, very single, was talking about a woman's breast like that and licking the nipples. This man was licking fondant nipples. And everyone was laughing and giggling. I was so uncomfortable. I loved when they shot to John Barlow, who was like, what am I, what is going on right now? And then, okay. I don't hate husband scenes. Like, I don't mind on Jersey when the husbands, you know, the boys get together and they're like taking shots of tequila and they're talking about, I don't know, God knows what. Those men are crazy over there. But I love them because they're all funny to me. They're all like caricatures of themselves. And I love it. Plus, we've known them for a long time. Like, I've known Joe Gorga since I was like 21 years old. That's how long I've been watching this fan on my television. So I don't, so it kind of took some time for us to get to those husband trips or those husband moments. I don't need to see Dewey on a golf course. I don't need to see Dewey ever, frankly. I don't enjoy him. And I don't think Jenny does either. And I think she needs to get the fuck out of that immediately. You know, John Barlow, great guy. Great guy. Not, 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 you know, captivating exactly. You know, he doesn't make me laugh. I think Justin, Whitney's husband, is a nice guy. I feel like he's probably very normal and he's like looking at everyone like, what is going on right now? Seth is like out there. Seth is on a whole other planet. I don't know where he thinks he is, but it's just I'm like, what are we doing? I it was weird, but they're sending their wives away. So the boys will play whatever bullshit from Mother's Day is like weird. (sighs) Speaking of husbands, Coach Shaw. I kind of touched on it a little bit earlier about the poster board, whatever. I can't get a read on him. I can't tell if he's like just basically waiting for her to be sentenced so he can like file for divorce or if he's like standing by his woman. I can't figure it out for the fucking life of me. I don't know what to do. 
But I, I'm going to say it again. I say it every week. And every week, I'm not proud of it. Jen Shaw is charming. Jen Shaw with the maracas and the microphone and the good time. You would never think this woman is like being watched by the FBI and Homeland Security <laughs> for years. You would never know that by the way that she's acting, which I pre- I kind of appreciate because it's like kind of like lightens the mood. But I'm kind of tired of the way Heather and Whitney think that this is NCIS. They think that they are Nancy Drew. They think everything means something and I am tired of it. Like, can we stop? I feel like they're because they were such big fans of the show, Bravo, Housewives in general. I think that they're playing it out like viewers do. If that, I don't even know if that if I'm making sense. I think I'm making sense. But how we kind of watched Beverly Hills and we're like, oh, well, Erica said this about this. So what is that? And like. They're doing all of that for us. Uh, and I'm just, and yet is besties with Jen Shaw. I can't, I can't understand it. I don't get it. I get that Lisa leaves a paper trail of her mess and her, you know, it's not it's very clear sometimes what chess pieces she has moved. It's not playing chess with Bobby Fisher. It is playing chess with Elmo. Like w- w- that's what we're watching. So I don't understand like why Whitney and Heather seem so dead set on exposing her. It's weird. Like she's been exposed. We all see it. You don't, we don't need to watch you talk about it. Let us do that. Okay. Let the viewers do that. Speaking of Lisa Barlow, this altercation on the Sprinter van poor driver, Kevin, driver, Kevin. I want to know why every single driver on Bravo's name is Kevin. That is my first question. My second thing is this altercation was fucking wild to me because it it was just it I feel like it escalated out of nowhere I was confused why Jen was so mad at least I would just was like I don't understand what is going on you guys I'm like rubbing my eyes because my head hurts from the show I leave it feeling confused every week I don't know what to believe I don't know whose side I'm on I feel like I'm on no one's side I feel like I'm on everyone's side I feel like I love Jen Shaw I hate Jen Shaw I can't figure it out and I love it. I love this goddamn show. Okay. That's all I got for you guys today. <laughs> I'm running on fumes. So thank you guys so much for listening every single week. Of course, we have new episodes up Tuesday and Fridays. And then, of course, I have shortcomings that come out on basically Thursday afternoons because we're covering in Just Like That, the new Sex and the City revival. So make sure you check that out and rate, review, and subscribe. And if you want more of this podcast and more of the dip content, please use code HOTM over at thedip.com for 20% off. And I will see you guys all around on the gram. Bye. What exactly are microplastics? They're small, man-made. They're less than five millimeters long and they're around you every day. Microplastics are toxic. They cunningly seep into water, the air, and the things we eat. By contaminating our food chain, they make their way to you. Through vegetables at the supermarket and yes, through fruit too. They're literally everywhere. That's the problem at hand. Every cigarette butt you see on the ground contains 15,000 strands. Learn more at undo.org. Big Tobacco cigarette butts filter practically nothing and are made of microplastics that are toxic and cunning. More than 15,000 fibers lurk in every cigarette butt you see. 
Could they harm your families? Quite possibly. They could end up inside of you, your bodies, their prey. New studies even indicate possible links to mutations in DNA. An evil lie with the future's worth of harm. To the world, now you know. So sound the alarm. Learn more at undo.org.